Okay, so we're going to be looking at Great Controversy, Chapter 31, Agency of Evil Spirits, and also some pages of Messages to Young People. That is from Chapter 11 and Chapter 12 of Messages to Young People. Wouldn't it be nice if one day, one, one for some, maybe for a year or something, our Sabbath school lesson would just tell us to study the Great Controversy for Sabbath school? How many of us have read the book from cover to cover, Great Controversy? Or you just picked some chapters? You know, we read it, but we just pick chapters. But have you read everything from cover to cover? You find out that it's, it's, it's difficult. Not that it's difficult, but we just don't read it. And yet they keep telling us, read it, read it. But they don't make it easier. I wish it was that they could use the book itself for uh, Sabbath school. Just draw out questions and tell us, read this, from this page to this page for Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, like that. And I think it would be a very good idea. So for today, we'll be doing that for ourselves. Our Sabbath school is going to be this chapter 31 of Great Controversy. And there are still some excerpts from Messages to Young People, chapter 11 and 12. What we're going to be looking at is the agency of evil spirits. We have already started our program looking at the Great Controversy. We have seen how that the controversy began in heaven, and there were angels leaded, uh, led by Lucifer, Satan, that turned against God. Of course, the issue they had was with the law of God, and now they are in opposition to him. And we have a role to play in seeing that the great controversy comes to an end. Now we want to see how they work and how to resist them and oppose them, because we are told in the scriptures that should be Ephesians chapter 6, reading from verse 6 to 12 or so, that we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but what? Against principalities and powers and rulers of darkness in high places. And the weapons of our warfare are not what? Carnal, but mighty. It's the pulling down of strongholds. We want to know how they work and how to resist and oppose them. So stay alert because they are already working on you when you were eating. They might have tempted some of us to overeat so that when you come here, it will be easier for them to lull you to sleep. So you have to resist them. Hmm? Hmm? Mm-hmm. Because they are, they are everywhere. The agency of evil spirits, is, there is nowhere that they are. They are not there. Uh, we will see that now as we read. Okay. But I believe you've read. So let's just go through the questions. The first question here is, what has been your previous perception on the existence, origin, and abilities of evil spirits? Now, when I say your previous perception, I'm not saying the perception that you learned from reading Great Controversy. Before you read Great Controversy, before you studied what did you believe about the agency of these evil spirits? First of all, what did you believe as to how they originated? Where did they come from? Then, first of all, their existence, whether they even, whether it's a real thing, whether they exist or not. And then, if you believe that they existed before in your past beliefs, how do you think they came about? And then, their abilities, what do you think their abilities are? Let me tell you what, I don't know if I'll say what I believed. First of all, I was a skeptic. I would always discredit anything about evil spirits and demons. 
I don't think I really believed it, or I, I had not really formed a belief on it, but I was more towards the skeptic side. I didn't believe in all this possession of people being possessed and all that. I didn't believe those things. I'm not really cocksure, but my leaning, my inclination was more towards the skeptical side. And of course, when you don't believe that, also goes with the angels of God. It seems you don't also want to believe that. Then later on, I listened to a lecture from someone, a Baptist preacher, who talked about their origin and their existence. And I, for a while, I believed what he said for a short while until I read Great Controversy. And I would just say what I believed from what he said. That preacher was talking about the music, music industry and how the music industry channels demons to uh, produce their songs. He talked about people like Michael Jackson, the Beatles, Jay-Z, and even played the music of Jay-Z where if you play it backward, you could hear it saying, um, what's that song again? Something about murder, murder, Jesus, 666, murder, murder, Jesus. Has any of you ever heard that? Eh? You've never heard it. One of Jay-Z's songs, if you play it backwards, you hear murder, murder, Jesus, 666. And then there's this other music band too. I can't remember their name too. I think Led Zeppelin, that was their name, a rock group, where if you play their song backwards, you hear, this is to my sweet, sweet Satan. Oh, I love you, Satan. And the original song is Stairway to Heaven, if you play it forward. But when you play it backward, the song you hear is, Something that sounds like, because you won't say exactly that that's what it is, but something that sounds like, this is to my sweet, sweet Satan. Oh, something like, I love you, Satan. You give me something, something, just like that, yeah. It's still, I think that song till today is the number one uh, single hit in the whole world. That stairway to heaven. So in, in giving that uh, lecture, he said that these men channel demons. And then went to the origin of demons and quoted Genesis chapter 6 saying that the origin of these evil spirits, these demons, is that it was when the daughters, the sons of God, and said that was angels, saw the daughters of men, and then they gave birth to Nephilims. And these Nephilims were giants. They were up to the height of cedars. And I went to browse how tall are cedars, 200 feet tall. I said, wow, is this how these people were in those days? He said that after the flood, because people believe that when people die, their spirit leaves. He said that when they died in the flood, that their spirit was still roaming in the earth, and they are around now, and that's how the evil spirits came about. It was the spirit of the mixture of angels and humans. And now these spirits are around looking for worship, but they want to get the worship through the Hollywood and music industry, so they possess those people so that people worship them. For a while, that was my belief on the existence, origin, and the power of evil spirits. But we all know, for the sake of the record, I won't want to leave anybody believing that, that sons of God in Genesis 6 represents what? Children of God. Just human beings. The children of Adam, who were following God. Then they saw the daughters of men, which were who? Cain's people. The women, and then they, gave, they, they, they left the way of God. There is no such thing as spirits of the dead that live. The Bible tells us, Ecclesiastes chapter nine reading from verse six there that what happens the dead knows nothing there's nothing about the spirit of the dead that roams around when people die they go to the grave just like lazarus so that's my own experience on the existence any other person wants to share quickly all right bro bani hold on for the mic okay coming from where i do we believe that uh, or i believed that um 
evil spirits are the spirits of dead people. They are not any... It's later, later I began to understand that, okay, <laughs> there are really uh, demons that were created angels before they were fallen. But I initially thought, as we were told, that these were spirits. When you will die, uh, you will become a spirit. So you have good ones and you have bad ones. The bad ones are the ones that die aggressively or that uh, when they lived on earth, they were bad people. So when they die, they become bad spirits. So why the good ones are the ones that were good while they were on earth? So that's my, that was the understanding of um, spirits then, both evil and good. It's all of them come out from dead people. Okay, all right. So his own belief was that both good and evil spirits, they all came from dead people. All right, any other person wants to share with us their own belief on the existence? The All right, very interesting one here. Bro, God bless. <laughs> uh, let's hear from him the existence, the power, and the origin. Okay. My own, uh, where I grew up, it is taken for granted that there are evil spirits. And of course, these are satanic spirits, you know, and they are very powerful. And of course, they are manifested either in this witchcraft spirit or the one they call Ogbanje. Uh, uh-huh. And if any of them is on your case, <laughs> you are finished. Nobody can help you. So they will need to appear very powerful. That not even God can even help you unless on very rare occasions. So we are meant to be afraid of them. Uh, so it is taken for granted that they exist. Right. And, but we also believe that people, when they die, they are not really dead. That their spirits still move around. So they have to do all kinds of rites to appease them mm. or to kind of make them go away. Right. So that's what I believed when I was younger. Okay, something very important I would like to take note of in what he just said is concerning the belief on their power. The belief is that once they are on your case, not even God can help you. Once these evil spirits are on your case, not even God can assist you. So, based on that, how did you estimate their power? They are all-powerful. Very, very powerful. Even to the extent that even God finds it difficult to deal with them. Okay? I saw your other hand before. Okay, let's hear from God soon. Let's be quick about it so that we just move on. The... I think the dominant belief we received is the fact that our ancestors are the people who lived before us. So they are overseeing the affairs of the community. So the ancestors lived once, maybe 100 or 400 years ago, but they are around still. And they ensure that law and order is maintained in the community. So it's not about angels, but it's just our ancestors. But they are spirits. And their ancestors, which means they once lived in our community, okay. or they've graduated and are in charge of the things. Okay, all right. Jason, let's hear from Jason. Um, one was, it was a confused one. It says that when we are small children, we normally watch all these things about hellfire, the false doctrine about hellfire. So the part that came in the Bible that there was a, when I was reading the Bible, I came across a part that talked about you should not fear he that kills his body, but you should fear rather he that destroys both body and soul in hell. So in my mind, the person that was referred to there was the devil. Because in our mind, we heard that the devil was in charge of heaven. So he has to be the one that will destroy our body and soul in hell. So it's now made 
created this kind of fear, as in to do. So the fear for the devil, let me put it that way. And it was very, very wrong. And also, I thought that it was God that created the devil, but and I discovered that it wasn't God that created the devil. Actually, God created Lucifer, not the devil. So as I kept on reading and studying, things kept on changing. Even went to the particular point in time, I, I, read, I was reading a book, The Mysterious Secrets of the Dark Kingdom, and I was now showing me Apollyon, Beelzebub, and all these other names in the Bible with their hierarchy and the rest. So thank God for her life. Amen. Yeah, just to add to that, I remember when I was believing these things too, the devil wanted to take me deeper into the belief, but by God's grace, he didn't get me. I suddenly, I started seeing books that were mysterious, like the book of Enoch. Then the, there was another one I read about the hundred most, uh, is it scary or something like that? Wonders or something, mysteries in the world, yes, hundred mysteries, and I'll hear things like Ogopogo. Have you ever heard of Ogopogo? Anybody here ever heard of Ogopogo? Eh? You never heard of Ogopogo? Hmm. Mysterious things. Bigfoot. Ever heard of Bigfoot? Uh-huh. I was reading these books. But in that book of Enoch, like he said, I was reading about these evil spirits. And they said there that they were people, angels, confirming what that man said. That they were angels that left heaven, came down to earth, and took wives for themselves. In that book of Enoch, they took wives. I was saying, wow, okay, this thing is really true. So why is this book not part of the Bible? The only thing that saved me is when I got to the part where Enoch was the one writing all these things and he went to heaven and he saw Abel, the spirit of Abel, crying, crying that his blood should be avenged. And I already knew that the dead knows nothing and I know that Abel is not in heaven. So the moment I saw that in the book, that book of Enoch, that was where I stopped reading. I said everything here must be a lie. Like he said, in that book of Enoch, they mentioned numerous names of angels, many. Just, just because there was this fear about the seven book of Moses, I was going to get it to and read. But, you know, there's this fear. They say people shouldn't read that book, and so I just didn't bother reading it. But I thank God that book of Enoch was enough to let me know that there's no point trying to read those books. They are just lies contained inside. It's the Bible that is the truth. It contains the truth. Okay, let's hear from Sister Sandra. Okay, you don't want to say again. All right, all right. Okay, let's hear from Sister Olako. age, maybe from secondary school, if you attended a boarding school in the general Igbo land, you will know there are a lot of manifestations. You will, at the point, you will see some girls in the night, maybe doing Sorry, prep. manifestations only in girls' hostel. <laughs> yes, always. <laughs> and maybe doing prep, you will now see that a sister just slumped and is shaking. And in the morning when we come to school, we were there students then. When we come to school, we now see her lying in front of the teachers, the staff room. They would say she fainted in the night, she manifested. And maybe at a point, they would discharge her to go home and get treated and they would come back. Then you also hear stories of Lady Koi Koi. That in, in the night, you would just be hearing, boom, Koi, 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 Koi. And it would be either she's going around the hostel or she's on top of the roof. All those stories. So we actually grew up with the fear that they actually exist. And then when you come to the adult world, you hear something like Mpamo. For, for stroke patients, they will say it's from the evil spirit. Once, once the evil spirit gets you, you fall to the ground, you now develop stroke. 
And then when you, but from that aspect, you also, when you come to the agricultural aspect or to the traditional aspect now, you now hear something like Amadio and Njoko, Ahianjoko, and all that, even the streams. As a child, going to the streams, then we'll see so many sacrifices, items of sacrifices on the road. Then you might come to the street, you'll feel goose pimples, you'll just see strange things, and you'll know there are manifestations of evil spirits around you. You may, when you go on in odd hours too, you might also see some strange beings and all that. And then when you come to the traditional aspect, they will, we believe that, we generally believe that the, there is God for harvest, there is, God for, there is God for vindication. In fact, some lands up to now, there are some cultures that, that it appears that the, the ancestors planted a vindictive, a vindictive evil spirit that maybe when they fornicate or commit adultery, it backfires on the man or the wife and all that. So growing up, we, we saw it all around us. We, we believed it existed. Then maybe when somebody in your family dies or you are alone at home, and let me take the one alone at home as a child, you will suddenly hear the doors bang. Maybe you're in the kitchen, the door, the door bang, the door, door, the parlor door will appear like it will unnecessarily bang. At some point, you will hear an unusual, you feel an unusual breeze. And all those things, you will not have that chill and that fear that there's an evil spirit hovering around. Yes, yes, I had that experience. I, my mother was actually in the kitchen. I was in the parlor, so she clearly heard my name. She clearly heard Olako. I didn't answer, but she came in and asked me, who called you? I said, nobody called me. She said she heard my name completely. And then those who believe in it will now say, oh yeah, I'll call you now, you answer, so that I'll redeem your name. She will now say, Olako. I say, <laughs> You say, hey, okum, okum, that's my, <laughs> that the name, that my, they return to me to avoid further penetration by the evil spirit. Then, when you also have somebody who died new, then that as children we used to fear corpses, not now. You will, in fact, when you hear that somebody died in the house, even if the cops have been removed, you know you cannot boldly enter that room. We are not even saying stay alone. You cannot enter that house, whether it's a flat or it's a duplex or it's even one, one mod, mod house. You know you won't have the, the courage to go and stay, enter the room. You will still feel that evil spirit, especially when it be, it, towards evening. Mm. You will feel it usually returns in the evening. Then in the night you wake up, you can't urinate alone. I, I think my husband said their house, their window, their village house, that was point the burglary was that in the night, instead of going outside to ease themselves, they felt they, they would feel presence of evil spirit or good spirit, yeah. and so they would urinate from the window outside until, until they, they had the effects on the windows and all that. So growing up, we had it all around, all around. us in hmm. different facets. So we couldn't, it's not something we could hide away from. At okay. some point, we believed it. At some point, we could not. But it's okay. something we are at home with. Yeah. Okay, so from what she said, I could draw something also that based on what you believe about them, you also have a way to react to whatever you believe. The solution, hmm? like the one of when you hear your name, the solution is call the name back so to redeem the name. I think there are some who even see just the call omens, like you see 
some insects in a certain place or owls in here. There's a solution to that one. So everyone has their solution. Okay, I, I, another thing I, I know that affects many people is the stories that we are told. All these tales by moonlight and the movies we watch and the cartoons we watch, they already educate us how on, on their origin, on their existence, and on their power. Now, we're not saying they don't exist, but how did you believe they came into existence, what you're talking about? And if they do exist, what powers do they have? Do you believe the truth about that or a lie? If you watch the cartoons and the movies, you will certainly be educated on something about them. And there are so many cartoons and so many movies to that end. I remember the most popular one at the time when we were younger. That one was Living in Bondage. You remember it? Those who are maybe in your 30s now, you know that one. Living in Bondage. Some of us seem not to know it. Okay? I don't expect you to actually. Willy, Willy. Uh-huh. In Lagos, there was one called Wihimu. I don't know if anybody will know that one. Wihimu. Man, that thing, when they are playing it, I immediately just show it. I run to my father immediately because the thing was really scary. And these things educate us on what to believe about evil spirits. But we'll be looking at the truth about them today. How they operate, what is their power, how can you overcome them? the truth about these evil spirits. Like we said now, the African tale. And I think we've heard a lot of African tales just now. <laughs> what we've heard so far from the school. You go to the school and they educate you again with Lady, um, Miss, Madam Koi Koi, Mr. Red Pant, Bush Baby, all kinds of teachings in the secondary schools. When you go home, it is, we are flooded with lots of teachings about these evil spirits. That should tell you something. There is something they want you to believe about them. And you know that whenever the devil speaks, what does he speak? A lie. He wants us to believe a lie about them. The only place we can find the truth about the evil spirits is from the word of God. And that's what we'll be searching now to know about the evil spirits. There were some hands up before. Okay. Brother. The belief of uh, evil spirit in the maybe in the our local areas. Some is the story they've told us about the evil spirit. So sometimes even the plantain shakes will claim that we saw evil spirit. Uh, that is the belief that we had the story they told us. But looking at it, uh, evil spirit lives because when there is Satan. There must be evil. Satan is creating things in the world to make sure that he, he has many kingdoms, he has many places where they are representing his uh, uh, kingdom or whatever. That is the evil spirit we know because these two kingdoms, the Christ kingdom and the satanic kingdom is fighting. So I believe that Satan has his own kingdom and he has his agents around. So there is evil spirit as far as Satan is concerned. So there are spirits of Satan around. Now he just said something. I want us to read a Bible passage concerning that. And that is saying that even when the plantain leaf shakes, what happens? It says evil spirit. Do you know what results to that? 
in the book of Leviticus 26, when God was talking to the children of Israel, he said to them that if you refuse to follow my law, something is going to happen to you. Let us look at it. Leviticus chapter 26. I'll read from verse 14. Leviticus 26, just follow up, verse 14. says, But if you will not hearken unto me, and will not do all these commandments, and if you shall despise my statutes, or if your soul shall abhor my judgments, so that you will not do all my commandments, but that ye break my covenant. From verse 16, he now starts to list the kind of things that will happen to us when we don't believe or keep his judgments and statutes and his covenants. Now, after listing all these things from verse 16, he goes to verse 36 and see what he says will happen to us. He says, And upon them that are left alive of you, I will send a what? Faintness into their hearts, in the lands of their enemies. And what? The sound of a shaking leaf shall do what? Chase them. And they shall flee as fleeing from a sword. And they shall fall when no one pursueth. And they shall fall up one upon another as it were before a sword when none pursueth. And you shall have no power to stand before your enemies. So what is it that leads to these superstitions? Where people hear a leaf shake and they say it's an evil spirit. Then they start to fall upon what? One another. They become enemies to themselves. The leaf shook. Then they will say it's the relative that did it. That's what the Bible says here, verse 37. They start to fall upon one another because they interpret the shaking of the leaf to mean that there's evil spirit and someone sent it. Then they are now afraid. Afraid of opening the window in the night. Afraid of going out to urinate in the dark. Afraid of almost everything. Why? Because we have refused to do the commandments of God. That is the, that's what results in superstition and false beliefs and then leads to false reactions also. Fear. Running away as if somebody is pursuing you when nobody is pursuing you. Look at sickness today. 99% of sicknesses, yes, the devil inflicts people, but most sicknesses are inflicted by disobedience to God's commandments. The diet, the health law, natural law is being recklessly disobeyed. People don't sleep at the right time. They don't eat the right foods. They will eat nonsense and be expecting health. Then when sickness comes, what would they say? That they sent it from the village. They refuse to keep God's commandments. Now they are facing the results and they are interpreting it that is the relative. That is the leaf that shook outside and it is their neighbor that did it. Do you see the result of not keeping God's commandments? That is the result. We get superstitious. So let's go quickly and really understand the truth about evil spirits. Were you able to do your thought questions? This one was for you to feel. That was for you to feel. Just quick answers. Let's go through it quickly. What does the first paragraph say is clearly revealed in the scripture? The first paragraph, what does it say is clearly revealed in the scripture? The connection of the visible with the invisible world. The ministration of angels and the agency of evil spirits are plainly revealed in the scriptures and inseparably interwoven with human history. So let us see this clear revelation that is in the scripture. 
Now, what do many people, as in the same paragraph A, what do many people tend to disbelieve exists? That is page, Great Controversy, page 511, paragraph 11. That many people tend to disbelieve what? The existence of evil spirits. So many people are skeptical about it. Okay, question two. According to paragraph B, that is Great Controversy, page uh, 511, paragraph 2. According to that paragraph, what is the number of heavenly angels? And what's the Bible text that supports that? The number of heavenly angels. It's important to know the Bible text. Job 38, verse 7 says, The morning stars sang for joy, uh, sang together, and all the sons of God shouted for joy. And also in Psalms chapter 8, verse 5, it tells us that man has been made a little lower than the angels. So concerning the number of heavenly angels. What? Okay, it seems it's in paragraph C then, not in B. Paragraph C. What's their number there? And what's the Bible passage? Revelation, Revelation 5, verse, verse 11, and Daniel 7, verse 10. Revelation 5, verse 11 tells us that there are thousands of thousands and 10,000 times 10,000 of what? Angels. Innumerable is what another one says it. It is Hebrews, I think Hebrews 12, reading verse 26. Tells us that they are innumerable company of angels. You can't count them. Can't count them. Okay. The next thought question that we have there says, let's fill in a blank space in paragraph D. So just go with me in paragraph D. Great controversy, page five eleven, paragraph three. It says, okay, this should be paragraph C. Okay. Yeah, the angel that appeared at the Savior. Sorry, paragraph C. The angel that appeared at the Savior's tomb, his countenance, like what? Like lightning. So take notes. The countenance of the angel was what? like what? Lightning. And his raiment, white as snow, caused the keepers for fear of him to quake, and they became as dead men. Matthew chapter 28, verse 3 and 4. When Sennacherib, the haughty Assyrian, reproached and what? And blasphemed God and threatened Israel with destruction. It came to pass that night that the angel of the Lord went out and slew the camp of the Assyrians. How many? 185,000. There were cut off all the mighty men of valor and the leaders or captains from the army of Sennacherib. So he returned with shame of face to his own land. Second Kings 19 verse 35 and Second Chronicles 32 verse 21. So from there we learn something about the power of the angels, right? Slain in one night 185,000 men of valor. One, per, one angel, 185,000. That means an angel is as strong, stronger rather than a hurricane. I know Hurricane Katrina, of course, took like 220,000 people, but not in one day. It took it time. But in just one night, doesn't mean it was all through the night, of course. Most likely in, the, in a moment. 185,000 men of valor of the Assyrians were slain. By the way, before now, I would imagine that maybe they were sleeping. And in their sleep, it just came and was killing them. But the Bible doesn't say so. Doesn't say so. These men most likely were alive. I don't know how the angel came, whether it was as a man 
and fought all of them and then destroyed 185,000. Or they were just falling dead. I don't know which way, but the angel was able to slay 185,000 men in one night. Okay, let's go on. The fourth thought question there. It says, according to paragraph... Should that be D now? Okay, according to paragraph D, angels are sent on missions of mercy to the children of God. Let's identify five missions angels accomplished in the Bible and what they achieved. Five missions they accomplished and what they achieved. So, we'll just talk about what the mission is and what their accomplishment is and where we can find it in the Bible. So, just mention... uh, Abraham, what was the mission there? Okay, the task given was to give him the promise of of what blessing exactly? He's going to be a father of many nations. And where where do we find that in the Bible? I think you can look there in paragraph D and you see it. That's Great Controversy, page 5 to paragraph 1. You said? Okay. Okay. Yeah, it's, it says here to Abraham with promises of blessing. Then we see another one to the gates of Sodom. What was the mission there? To rescue Lot. And they accomplished it, right? Where do we find that? I think Genesis 18 and 19. Then another one to Elijah as he was about to perish from weariness and hunger in the desert. It was the angel that came and gave him food and said, Eat, for thy journey is long. And where, where do we find that in the Bible? Anybody? Please be looking for it. Eh? And don't, don't just scroll. See where you, exactly where it is. First Kings 19. All right. I hope you, are, you have checked it. You are going on record. To Elisha with chariots and horses of fire surrounding the little town where he was shot in by his foes. That story where Elisha was the one who was giving the Israelites, the king of Israel, intel about their enemies. So anytime they wanted to attack, the Israelites already knew and were always counter-attack. And then they knew and said, okay, the enemies knew about it and said, Elisha is a problem. Let us get Elisha once we get him. We can get Israel. And when they came to get Elisha, then the servant of Elisha was afraid. And then Elisha told him, pray to God to open the eyes of his servant. And when his eyes were opened, what did he see? Chariots of fire surrounding Elisha and the servants. And those men who came to take Elisha, what happened to them? To see the power of the angels. They were smitten with what? Blindness. And they could not see again. So their method of fighting is not necessarily to <laughs> kill anybody per se all the time, but this one they just smote them with blindness. Did they do the same thing in Sodom? Yes. Yeah? Yes. They did the same thing in Sodom. They smote them with blindness. And the blindness sometimes can be partial blindness. I'm just saying. You know, when Hagar was in the desert, there was water there, but she couldn't see it. The water was not manufactured. It was there, but she couldn't see it. And then when they say open somebody's eyes, that means what happened to the eyes before? Something was hidden from the eyes. It was closed. And when her eyes were opened, she could see the water. I pray that God really closes our eyes from seeing evil, since he has that ability. <laughs> you know, when we pray, when we pray, when we pray, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from all evil. Do you know that's what that prayer is about? We are praying for God to 
direct our footsteps so that we don't fall into areas where we see evil. Does anybody have the text for Elisha's experience? Second Kings chapter 6. All right. Eh? Hold on. There's a Bible um, um, promise on uh, Psalm chapter 15 that says about the blessing of individuals who are going to stand before God. So he mentioned he that shorted his eyes from he that shorted his hand from holding the Bible, shorted his eyes from beholding or seeing evil. So my, my point there is that while God can do that with respect to closing our eyes from seeing evil, we are to still cooperate with him because he mentioned that as a blessing to the one who shorted his eyes from beholding evil. And God can really bless us with that ability. Shut your eyes from seeing evil. Okay, I think we've mentioned how many of them now? Like four, Sodom, Elisha, Elijah, Abraham. Just one more, the case of Daniel now. It says here, to Daniel while seeking divine wisdom in the court of a hidden king or abandoned to become the lion's prey. An angel was there to help Daniel. Where do we find that? Daniel chapter... Daniel chapter 6. Yes. They were always there to give him messages. It's, uh, even John, we saw angels there. Peter, when he was in prison, it was angels that came and released him. So, angels are always sent on missions of mercy, and they have been a blessing to so many and delivering God's people from trouble. Have you had any experiences with angels of God helping you? And do you mind sharing it? Anybody? Because to say angel of God helped you, you must be really sure. <laughs> Okay, Broken. That was in 2011, actually. I, I was caught in, in a kind of situation where I couldn't do anything. I didn't know what to do. We were uh, in a particular evangelism, and my partner left before me. So I was new there. I didn't know where to go look for him. I came out. Every other person left and uh, I was just standing there not knowing where to go look for my partner. And I couldn't just go alone. So I stood still and I looked up to heaven and I said, God, I wish you talk to me and tell me where my partner is. Remember, it's a place I don't know anything about. So while I was still talking to God there, I lost consciousness of my environment. I didn't know I was standing on the road still. I, just, I lost complete consciousness of But I was conscious within, so in another environment. I then saw myself at a place, and uh, I saw that my partner there. So before I knew what happened, I recognized that I wasn't there. I was still standing here. But I recall the place I, uh, it showed kinda, I saw in a kind of, I would say, I don't know. Then I walked down there. As I stood there, I didn't see my partner either. So what I did was, uh, I stood and I said, God, why have you deceived me? You know, because my partner is not here. But while I stand there contemplating on the deception, as I thought it was, I didn't know when I stepped into the compound. I was just standing by the entrance of the compound, actually, and I didn't see my partner, but that was where I saw him, according to the whatever, whatever I saw. Mm -hmm. Then I, I was contemplating on the deception as I felt it was, 
I didn't know when I walked into the company, and I'm getting into the company, I saw my partner by the left hand, uh, by the right hand side. So I was like, after the whole thing, I began contemplating back to what happened. This was a place I never knew. I never know. I never knew what to do. Nothing. So the only thing I could do for us at that point, I could do at that point in time, was just to pray and say, God, you know, I am helpless right now, and then I just need you to talk to me and tell me where that my partner was. So. I called the whole thing that happened the guide of the... Maybe I didn't see the angel face to face in my own eyes, but I know he was the one that directed the whole thing. Amen. So God has already, well, I say, uh, giving these angels tasks in the book of Hebrews 1. We already saw it there, that there are ministering spirits sent to minister to those who shall be inheritors of the kingdom of God. We thank God for the ministry of angels. So the last, okay, the, the last thought question here is a guardian angel, just to, a guardian angel is appointed to every follower of Christ. Give a scriptural evidence for this statement. How can this knowledge help you? A guardian angel is appointed to every follower of Christ. Where do we find that in the Bible? Matthew 18 verse 10. Very good. So in this knowledge, how does it help you? How, do you, how does it help your experience to know that a guardian angel is appointed to every follower of Christ? I would say it gives me comfort to know that I have guardian angels so that I'm not always afraid. You know, people are afraid to walk in the dark and we shouldn't. If you believe that guardian angels are appointed to you, when you're even going to have Bible studies with people, will you be afraid? You know that God is certain. They are not there just to watch and be looking at you and taking records. No. They are there to, as, to assist you, to help you. So in whatever situation you find yourself, pray to God. You believe that he will always commission his angels to assist you. I would say sometimes I don't see angels, but just come on crossing the road. Have you ever noticed how people are always just this close to having an accident? Eh? And... It just, something just makes, avoids it for them. Or just this close to the car hitting or you touching that electric wire. Okay. Exactly. You miss a step while climbing down a step and you wonder how did I stabilize myself. You know very well that this was not of my own ingenuity or my own skill. Sometimes maybe a pole may just be a car will be passing with a pole, and this pole is about to hit your head. And you call it, they say it's reflex action. But there are times when even that, when it happens, you know this was not reflex action. It was someone who did this to me. I was protected just now. Angels of God do exist, and they do help us. Okay? For me, that's the help. It gives me, okay, let's hear broken. He was raising his hand. Actually, about that Matthew chapter 18, verse 10, I had another understanding of it because I read, uh, I think I recall, I play reads that the angels of the Lord behold the face of the uh, behold the face of God over the children. So, oftentimes uh, in my ministerial work, when I go to pray for children who aren't yet talking, I recall or read that verse to the parents, maybe when the child is sick or sort of, and we've come to pray for the child. I read that test to the parents, and I tell the parents, you see, 
Even though this child cannot talk, but the complaint of this child is laid to the uh, throne of God, that the angel in charge of this child have already told what is wrong with the child unto God, inasmuch as they behold the face of God. And they're not just beholding him for cinema's sake. They're beholding him for reasons. They, went, they see him and they complain. They tell him, this is how this child feels. But now I think I can understand something that, inasmuch as we all are children of God, so that pertains to us as well. Uh, another point being that um, uh, how you know that these angels there, like you were saying, I, I recall of an experience that happened in my area sometime. There was an accident. Someone was carrying someone with a ladies' machine. And then the ladies' machine crashed, kind of fell down in the middle of the road. And uh, one of the people, the person that was being carried, saw herself just standing, just lay, lying there on the floor, and she couldn't move. So when she couldn't move, a trailer was approaching her just there, and she couldn't move. So she kind of uh, gave up that this trailer was coming to crush her. But suddenly, she saw herself by the other end of the road, by the other side, just at the same hour, you know. So um, I, when she was giving the testimony in church, and she was so happy that the Lord saved her, actually. Another case was that that, that of um, Bobby's family, I think in Patakot some years ago, I, I heard the story that the kids that were being um, interviewed, the kid that was saved out of that whole incident, was asked, what happened? And he said, an uncle on white came and took me away. Daddy was crying and I was hearing his voice, but the uncle in white kind of took me away from the scene. So it reminds us something. Uh, there are so many instances. In an exam, sometime a lady who was an Adventist refused to go to an exam on Saturday. And then someone in her place, just exactly like her, she told her friends she's not coming for the exam. But when they sat for the exam in the exam hall, she came. So when she came, after the whole thing, they came and told her after the exam, but you said you wouldn't come. But we saw you. Why? Who was you? You came, actually. You saw you were trying to deceive us and all those stuff. She said she didn't go. It became a serious case. She said she didn't go. They asked her friend, and they confirmed that she was in church that day with them. And then the question was, who was that in her person that came and wrote the exam, didn't talk to anybody, submitted everything. At the end of the day, she had an excellent result. So that reminds us and tells us that God has not forsaken us yet. At every, every point in time that his angels are keeping watch all the time. From book, God's okay, the, the text we quoted in Matthew 18 talks about little ones. However, I know the question is saying, how does this experience, how does this knowledge help you? So that's where we are, our focus is going. How does this experience help you? Um, for me, looking at this text, I'm looking at the fact that the little ones are not considered righteous per se. If you look at the fact that children were being despised here. But I see the fact that God tries to take charge of our lives even when we have not realized who he is. Satan's plan is to destroy us even before we know who God is. But God somehow tries to protect us, not because we are righteous, so that we don't get the idea that it's because it's those who are righteous per se. God does some things to preserve us. To, he, he tries to protect the opportunity the choice to be to repent tomorrow because Satan wants to kill all of us at once. 
He doesn't even want to give us a chance to think about repentance. I don't know if you get my point. So some things we have received, some of this help we have received from angels, are just God's mercy and privileges. Some, some I can think of now, for instance, there was a time when I knew very well, I can't say I was a Christian then. I can say that very well. I wasn't a Christian, like following God. But a particular day, my dad came back with a keg of petrol. And in, out of our slumber and sleep, sleep we went, I went to the kerosene stove, poured in the petrol inside the kerosene stove, lit it more than three times, and it refused to light up. Put, I was wondering what kind of petrol is this, and there's no how petrol is bad, eh? that it will not flame up. It was when they, I realized it, and I said, something must have happened. You get me? So my point is, sometimes God just preserves us and does some things for us ahead of the future. Not because we are righteous or because we are good. It's just out of his mercy. That's my that's, that's a very remarkable one. That one is miraculous, actually. Let's hear from bro Donald. Okay. Um, it's, it is so encouraging to know that God is caring for us. That he has appointed everyone a guardian angel. A guardian angel to help us with so much necessities that we would have need of in life. Um, I remember the story of uh, one of our uncles that was journeying to the village and got hooked up in a muddy road. The car could not move neither back nor forward. As they stood there, contemplating, two hefty men came on a bike. They didn't talk to anybody. They stopped, took the car off, put it on a good road, entered their bike, and went. They could not trace the way of those people again. And neither could they recognize them. Mm. So day by day, as we enter into problems, in ways that God knows best to communicate to us, whether he would hide the angels or he would allow them to come in the form of men, or even in their, you know, glorious forms, he sends them to our aid. And I was wondering why many of us, including me, are not sensible to the presence of these guardian angels. There's a problem. There's a problem. May the Lord help us. The Lord will indeed help us. All right. Uh, we will still hear from to other people. I just want to be sure of what we have here. Alright, let's hear from Robani. Robani. Okay. Okay. So, I, I know when I was small, I touched naked wires. And uh, I made some connections that today, if I, I know that if I do the same thing, I will burn a house. But when I did it then and touched all those wires, I did not die. I did not even, nothing happened in the house. And today I can look back and say, oh, something must have been happening there. It would have been, God, God was really helping me out. If he did not help me out, I would have caused uh, terrible things in the house. And even my own life would have been lost because I would have been killed by electricity. That's um, my own uh, story to add to what uh, 
he said about, he talked about, but the other thing about uh, the angels that I also admire much and um, I praise God for is the fact that, you know, Psalms 34 verse 7 says, the angel of the Lord encamped round about them that fear him and delivered them. <clears throat> apart from, um, apart from, uh, you know, evangelism is going there and trusting that they will be with you, I have this faith that anytime I am being called for anything, no matter the distance, and I know that maybe I can offer such service, I trust in the fact that an angel is commissioned to guard me and keep me on the way. So even if it's in the night I'm, I'm, I'm walking or in the night I'm traveling, I know I'll be protected by God. I, even if the car fails on the road, I have the faith that I'll be protected by God. There'll be no fear in me because I know that the angel of the Lord is with me in that uh, position. So I, I thank God for that comfort also. It helps me to make the journeys, all the journeys I make on the road. And I come back thanking God and being grateful that no harm um, was made. So far as uh, I heeded his voice in coming for a particular thing which he said that should come for. Amen. These are wonderful experiences of that, that we get from the services of these angels. Hmm? They are giving us service, oh, sure you know. They are giving us real services, very good one. And we thank God for the presence of his holy angels. They work selflessly. They don't need to be paid. All they want is to help us. They see our condition, they understand our frailty, our ignorance, our weaknesses, and they plead even with God on our behalf and tell God, this is what is going on. And they receive instructions on how to assist us, the best way to assist us. We've given numerous examples. Does it mean that we don't pass, pass through some bad situations in life? Of course we do. But that doesn't mean we will not still recognize the times when we know that there was some miraculous event or, or lack of ingenuity on our part, but yet we saw God's manifestation. And we cannot attribute this to anything else. It is not a fluke. It is not a coincidence. But rather, we understand that it's an intentional act of God through the ministry of his angels on our behalf in protecting us from crossing the road, like I said before, in helping us when we make mistakes from avoiding uh, real big trouble, whether it's in electricity or in the use of fire or the other ones we have mentioned, all of them are ministry, the ministry of holy angels. And the Bible teaches that they are sent to minister to us. And we thank God for their ministry. Sometimes we are in trouble. We saw a man, a woman, helping us. You don't know that maybe it may be an angel, but God will not tell you this is an angel. God brought that person. You don't know how that person came to help you. So in the scripture that inspired me so many times is in Luke chapter 1 verse from verse 34. Where the angel came to Mary after ministering to Mary, telling Mary what is going to happen. Then Mary asked the angel a question. How could this be? You, do you understand? Mary was confused about the ministration about the thing, he said, how could this be? Then the angel answered and said, in verse uh, 35, he said, 
And the angel answered and said unto her, The Holy Ghost shall come upon thee, and the power of the Most High shall overshadow thee. Therefore also that he, the, that holy thing which shall be born of thee shall be called uh, Son of God. Another place is that he said, For with God nothing shall be impossible. So when we are thinking of it, just understand that with God nothing is impossible. Amen. Thank you very much for that addition. It's good to know the work that these angels do on our behalf. Okay, let's hear from Sister Kuchi. Our God is awesome in the sense that before I don't used to believe angels and angels, what I believe is in only Jesus Christ. Even when I was younger, when they teach us, we have guardian angels. I don't really see the manifestation around me, so it's not a reality. Until around 2012, when I was in JS3, I was coming back from school one day, and a young man saw me. He was not looking ha um, harmful. He approached me and was asking me, please, where is Lekwebere Street? And Lekwebere is my street. So I wanted to help him. I was trying to tell him, just walk into this other street. The next street there is Lake Mabry. But suddenly I grew dumb. I couldn't talk. I was now, I was wondering, within me, what is wrong with me? I want to talk, but I cannot talk. I was now trying to point hands, and he was just looking at me. Immediately I had the push. It's like someone pushed me from the back. When I now had that push, I turned and looked at him, and he started walking so fast, fast from me. And I had me and I ran. <laughs> I was not like, what kind of, what happened to Anna? When I got to him, I was just thinking, what happened? I wanted to help him. He did not even wait for me to help him, and he also ran. Me, I ran to her. Say, okay, oh, thank God. And that was the time that kidnapping, and if you talk to somebody, a charm will get you, something like that. I was running in nowhere. At another time, I entered this uh, keke, and I didn't know the people there were all these 419 people. It was running too. I entered the keke, and they came down for me to enter. I was, at the, I was in the middle of them. They were like a lady and a guy at the back. Me, I was the third person. But she came down and I entered inside. I didn't want to tell her, no, let me stay inside. I just, I said, okay, maybe she's an auntie. I entered. When I entered, they all laughed. Both the keke driver and them, they all laughed. I was like, ah. They laughed her. I said, ah, how can passengers just laugh like this with keke man, no talking? They started discussing their money. Eh, hey, have you seen that dollar? Blah, blah. Me, I'm in the habit of praying. Once I entered, I was praying. After I prayed, the Kekema laughed and shook his head. And I told them I'm going to Mary's Junction. Getting to Mary's, I was tapping the man, stop me. He was still insistent on going. So as he was doing that, the traffic man just stopped our line. Immediately he stopped our line. 
But the thing that amazes me in that, in that scene is that the other line was still coming. How he now stopped them and stopped us. It's not usual like that. He allowed them. He, allowed them. he now stopped us to, to wait. So immediately he stopped us. Thank God that I'm small. I jumped that late. I did not wait for her to, to come and shift for me. I jumped high. I was like, I'm telling people to stop me. I sick. Where are you carrying me to? As I was giving them the money, the traffic man was telling them to continue. I said, ah, ah, what happened? They now say, you, they, they, they just pointed at me like, hey, I ran and continued. <laughs> so God has actually helped me in past, and I'm just grateful. I thank God for all those experiences. Amen. Thank God for these experiences. And we attribute them to God's marvelous working power in our lives. All right. I saw your little hand. Please give bro Jason. Please, if you want to raise your hand, raise it above your head so that I'll see you clearly. When the report I read in Isaiah, the SOP, about how Ellen White was revealed to the devil and how he was training his, mentality, his, his mental strength to find the way, sorry, to find the way that he can bring us down to the lowest point. Fear struck me. I was like, why would someone in this life want to bring someone so down and so deep? But there was a part I read in Revelation about when a third of the angels were thrown down. And I went deep into it. A third of the angels thrown down. They now go to the um, person who was possessed by a legion of angels, which can be to 300, 3 to 5,000. 5,000 5, 5, men. So that means there were 3 to 5,000 angels, evil angels, in that one person. That means there are still innumerable evil angels around. It was, ah, that means there are still many angels around. But now when, when you now go back to Revelation, one third of the angels were thrown down. That means there are two threads remaining. That means for every one angel, one evil angel, there are two good angels. So it, it gives me a kind of joy that even if there's, if there's one evil angel that is attacking me, there can be two. Two more. Equal to that one. And one is going to be far more stronger. Therefore, the two will be incredibly stronger than that one yes that's very very encouraging yes yes it's really encouraging and like i've been saying we have god to thank for all this because he is the one that commissions the angels to help us uh, talking about the help of angels i just want to give one last experience before we move on if there's one place that angels want to help you a lot it is in ministry either in Bible study, personal Bible study, or when you go out to study with others. If you have been doing that, you would have had this experience. And maybe, I don't know if you can join me in agreeing with, in this experience, where you are a novice in studying the Bible with people. There's a time when the Holy Spirit helps you to remember the things you've studied. But there are other cases where this is not something you have studied before. You are studying with someone and the person questions you on something you don't know the answer to it or you know the answer but you don't know where the Bible passage is. And the moment you just open your Bible, your eyes is just straight on the answer to that question. Has it happened to you before? 
you have that experience and you know that this was not normal. There's nothing like coincidence. This is God trying to help me here. Other times you're having your personal Bible study and you just open the Bible and it addresses a particular situation that you are in. You see, when it comes to physical things like that, these are the work of the holy angels. When we talk about character transformation, yes, the Holy Spirit is doing that work inside you. He dwells in you. Angels don't dwell in us. It is not the Holy Spirit that is keeping your leg and stopping you from that accident. The Bible says that he will give his what? Angels. We don't mix the angel with the Holy Spirit. Give his angels charge over thee, lest thou dash thy foot against a stone. That is the work of the angels. They can also whisper things to your ear. They can direct your footsteps in a particular direction. They can move your hands to do certain things or to remove it from a certain place just as soon as something evil is about to happen to you. They can direct you to study something in the Bible that you were not the one who necessarily directed yourself. So these are some of the blessings you receive. And when you walk with God is when you see the power of these angels even more. Because when you go out to have Bible studies with people, then they are there to help you more than just when you are doing, going about in your daily duties. God has prom- promised us that blessings, you know, so that when we go out, he says, Lo, I am with you always. The promises of the miraculous blessings of trampling on scorpions and all that is for who? Those who go out to evangelize. It's not just for any other person. And you could see somebody like Paul, because he was in the ministry, when a snake beat him on his hand, what happened? He just shook it off and nothing happened to him. Of course, that doesn't mean that that's the same case for everybody. That doesn't mean that. But we get special blessings when we ally ourselves with God to work for him. So we thank God for the ministry of the holy angels. And I would like to encourage us to enter into this ministry evangelizing so that you can receive more. Because before you give, you must do what? Receive. You can receive more of the power of God on you. And we'll just uh, take a break now. We'll stop here before we now go into the next part. We'll go into the next part. Okay, before we take that break, just let's um, talk about the abilities of these angels. When we say abilities now, we're not just talking about the ones we saw examples of their mission and activities. No. What is their ability? What can they do? I think if we read, if we go to Yes, the se- se- before that second section, in section E, that is page 512, paragraph 2, it talks about some of these abilities. It says, the guardian angels appointed to every follower of Christ. These heavenly watchers shield the righteous from the power of the wicked one. This, this Satan himself recognized when he said, Doth Job feared God for not? Has not thou made an hedge about him and about his house? And about all that he hath on every side. Job 1 verse 9 and 10. So all these stories we have been telling, is it a lie? Has God made a hedge about us too? Of course. We are not telling lies here. We are not just attributing coincidences to angels. No. Give honor to whom honor is due. It is not a coincidence. You don't downplay the work of angels by calling it a coincidence. These are real things. God has set a hedge about the people that fear him. And we receive these blessings and we taste of the goodness of the Lord on a daily basis. Moment by moment, we are tasting it. Leave the devil alone and this house will crumble upon all of us. Exactly. 
being alive is because angels are watching over us. If you live, if they are not around us, this building will crumble on our head and we'll all die. Fire can come down from heaven and destroy us anytime. The Bible teaches so. Because when God removed the hedge on Job and permitted Satan only to go so far, what happened in one day? In one moment, in fact. So I don't think it's, it was successive. They happened at the same time. It's just that each, each, each servant came and reported successively. But these things happened at the same time. Fire from heaven, building crumbling, the uh, Sabians and the Arabians coming to attack the, exactly Boko Haram today. Why is it that Boko Haram is not attacking you? Why has the Fulani Hesman not done you anything? Is it because of your wisdom? God has set a hedge around you. The agency by which God protects his people is presented in the words of the psalmist. Psalm 34 verse 7 says, The angel of the Lord encampeth round about them that fear him and delivereth them. Said the Savior, last finish of the quote now. Said the Savior, speaking of those that believe in him, Take heed that ye despise not one of these little ones, for I say unto you, that in heaven their angels do always behold the face of my Father. Matthew 18 verse 10. The angels appointed to minister to the children of God have at all times access to his presence. In the book of Ezekiel, we saw also that these angels, they move as fast as what? As fast as lightning. Ezekiel chapter 1 verse 4, that is page 513 paragraph 3, which is section C there. It says there, 10,000 times 10,000 and thousands of thousands were the heavenly messengers beheld by the prophet Daniel. The apostle Paul declared them an innumerable company, that's Hebrews 12.22. As God's messengers, they go forth like the appearance of a flash of what? Lightning, Ezekiel chapter 1, verse 14. So dazzling their glory and so swift their flight. The angel that appeared at the Savior's tomb, his countenance like lightning and his raiment white as snow, caused the keepers for fear to fear of him to quake, and they became as dead men. So here we see their power. They move as fast as what? Lightning. They have the power and strength to move to move a whole big rock that Men, you need many men to move. They, they set a hedge round about God's people. They can strike someone with blindness. Hmm? They can do that. Sorry? And reverse it. Thank you. They can make animals speak. They did that to uh, Babalam's uh, donkey. It's very good to understand these things. Though. They can make animals speak. They can strike with blindness and they also remove it. They can protect such that evil things will not happen to others. They can slay in the night or in the day, anytime. You remember the Passover? And it's very selective. They can choose who they want. Yes, guided missile indeed. Selective one. So you see that the angels have great power. And you talk about their appearance also. They have beauty. They appear like shining like lightning. So it's very good to understand these abilities of angels. But we thank God that the good angels use these abilities for our good to help us and really give God the glory for that. It's good to know that so that you can even thank God for the existence of these angels and their help. We really thank God. I pray that as we continue to study, God will give us grace to receive of their blessings in Jesus' name. Amen. Yes, let's pray. We'll, we'll continue. Let's pray.
Father in heaven, thank you for the blessings that you've given to us. Thank you for the study we've just had. Thank you, Lord, for the goodness that we taste of you that comes from the ministry of your holy angels on our behalf. We have seen how much we owe to their faithful service to you. If not that they are loyal to you and listening to you, we would have been left to destruction. We say all praise, glory, adoration be unto your name now and forevermore. Lord, we ask that we also reciprocate this love and give our loyalty to you. Help us, Lord, in everything that we find ourselves in, that we may express our love by showing our maintaining allegiance to you by keeping your commandments. We will continue our study soon. We pray, Father, that you will still be with us in that study and give us understanding. In Jesus' name I've prayed. Amen. Amen.